Welcome to the Defence Forces podcast brought to you by the Defence Forces Public Relations Branch. Hello and welcome to the Irish Defence Forces podcast. My name is Captain Keen Clancy and today we're speaking to leading seaman Ryan Carroll, a diver with the Naval Service Diving Section, about becoming a naval diver and military diving in the Defence Forces. So thanks very much for coming on, Ryan. Thanks very much for having me. Um, so what we're going to do in the podcast, and I always kind of go through the broad plan that we're going to have, we're going to talk about your own background, like what, jo- what drew you to join the Naval Service in the first place and what drew you to diving. And then we're going to go into a bit about the roles of uh, the Naval Service Diving Section and what military diving actually means, what, what, what it is. And then for people at home, we're going to go through the uh, diving course and the various phases and what you need to do and your aptitude tests and, and what it takes to become a military diver. Then we might just get a little bit about your own career and maybe some notable operations you've been involved in. So how long have you been in the Naval Service? Um, this is actually my eighth year now in the, the Naval Service itself and I've actually been a diver for seven of those years so I was lucky enough. Well you we went in very quickly. Absolutely straight out <laughs> of recruits yeah. And so, like, um, had you any maritime background in the family, or are you, are you local? Or from I, I am local. I'm actually only about 15 minutes from Halbolan itself, but absolutely no military background, no maritime background whatsoever. Just seen a couple of ads, and it was interesting to me, and said it's definitely something that I'd be interested definitely in. Something you were interested in doing, like you probably saw the, yeah. saw the ships going up and down the harbour and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you would, yeah, absolutely. Or even on the news, you'd see a couple of things, diving especially and stuff. And um, it's definitely something that interests any lad. I, I. I would presume, you know. Yeah, and so like you were saying that you were you were telling a little anecdote beforehand that you were getting a tour of the naval bases where you saw the diving equipment for the first time before you had ever joined. Absolutely, I I got a tour around the base and um, basically I seen the diving unit below and uh, I just thought to be honest with you, you come in and you pick. Oh, I want to be a diver, and away you go. But I I was led to believe uh, it was a lot harder than that, you know. Yeah, so it must it must have been kind of tough for you to come down like having just done recruit training and then like apply for a dive, for a for a diving course which has a reputation for being a very tough course in, in the defence forces. Absolutely. I was a young I was a young eighteen year old at the time, um just done recruit training and as you know recruit training can be tough enough as it is and I found myself every day and uh, looking out the window at Stand Easy watching the uh divers fin swim past and it was just something that I needed to get and Which wanted. Just a fear yeah. fierce drive to do, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, just for, for people at home, obviously the Naval Service Diving Section is probably one of the most well-known aspects of the Naval Service, besides the actual, probably the actual ships themselves. Um, what, like, what are the roles of the Naval Service Diving Section? What, like, what is military diving? So, so basically, we're um, we're an operational diving unit. So basically, we're on call twenty-four-seven. Um, you have different diving operations from um, hull maintenance, um, fixing uh, fixing ends of ships to um, body recovery, and also then you can go from body recovery to um, mine clearance to underwater demolition it, yeah. it absolutely changes the whole time um, sometimes then you might need a surface swimmer so you might find yourself jumping out of a helicopter yeah. it's it, it's it's unreal the changes that you can have from day to day down the diving unit and I presume I mean it's a really kind of technical role there's a huge amount of equipment and different aspects to look at we earlier today we just had a kind of a tour around the, the diving section below and the huge breadth of very advanced equipment down there from remote operated vehicles and all sorts of things oh a- absolutely um you'll find yourself even after doing a stint at sea come back in it's nearly uh you're just trying to get to know all there's new equipment there the whole time so you're just trying to get for the first couple of weeks you're trying to get the grips of your new equipment and there's all it's great because there's always courses ongoing that you can um 
advanced skills have been a diver in terms of uh, like as you said um, our remote operated vehicles to our side scan sonars to um just even your basic cams and gopros and stuff you know yeah and i suppose when we talk about the course we're going to talk a lot about the actual diver's personal equipment as well and i know we were down there and some of the weight of it is, is unbelievable but there's also a lot of equipment that you operate that is is not is not actually on a diver that it's it's as you said like remote operated vehicles or side scan sonar and these kind of things which people wouldn't really realize well absolutely there's a lot of um there's a big technical side of of diving itself before even getting in the water. Um, a lot of times you'd use your side scan sonars to pick up different images underwater. And it does make the diving slightly easier in terms of if you're picking up contacts, in, like, uh, for example, a car in the water. You'd use your side scan sonars or, or your uh, remote operated vehicles to to pick up the contact. And like even what you do is as as you pick it up, it, it, it minimizes the amount of diving you'll have to do and safety of divers. So a lot of time you actually know what you're getting into before you get into the water nowadays, you know. Yeah, you really know where you're going. Like you've, you've Absolutely. Uh, a lot of our diving is zero visibility, so yeah, it, it's good to have a, a kind of picture in your head of what you're going into. You yeah, know? Roughly, of roughly where you're going. Um, and so, like, with regard to the course itself, so we, we spoke about before you even actually go down on the course, there's an aptitude test that you have to do. By the way, before, because a lot of people actually ask, before before we answer that question, a lot of people actually ask on, say, social media, like, do you need, once you join, do you need any qualifications before going down for the diving course? Absolutely not, no. Um, you need nothing whatsoever. It's just to pass this aptitude test. To be honest, before i done my aptitude test, I went off and i done just a paddy diving course, just, just to make sure that I was actually comfortable underwater and I actually liked it under the water, you know, before I started. But in terms of the aptitude test, you just apply, just like you apply for any military course. Um, uh, you go down then, and it's a two-day aptitude. So at day one, it's an introduction to everything. So we'll show you how to clear the mask. They'll show you exactly what the whole course is going to entail. Um, day two then is more of a, they put the push on a small bit more. What you do is in the morning, you'll do um, some water circuits, uh, long endurance fin swims, and then what you do is you do a dive. So your dive then will entail just, they put you down for five minutes, make sure you're comfortable underwater, bring you up, and what you do then is you do some mask clearance drills. So you'll go down, clear your mask, come up and show the supervisor that the mask is clear, and then what you do is you'll go down without the mask. Go down to the bottom, put on the mask, clear it, come back up and show them that you're at the bottom by grabbing a lump of mud. Yeah. Show the supervisor at the bottom. And that's actually your, your in-water aptitude. And then what you do in the afternoon, then you do your diver's fitness test. Okay. And what's involved in the diver's fitness test? So the diver's fitness test, it's actually a three-mile run. So it's broken down into two parts. What you'll have is um, you'll have a mile and a half out, which you have 15 minutes to complete. So that's actually uh, it's actually your warm-up. So you take your warm-up, whatever time you get out there in, you can take your stretch, do whatever you like. But on the 15th minute, you're leaving to come back in. You then have 10 and a half minutes to complete the mile and a half. As soon as you make the mile and a half within the 10 minutes and 30 seconds, you get a two-minute break. From the two-minute break, you'll go on to eight wide-grip uh, full-extension pull-ups. From there, you get a one-minute break, and then you'll do 16 full-extension dips, a further one-minute break, and then you'll do 40 sit-ups uh, in one minute. Okay. And that's actually your fitness test. Right, so but uh, so you can see from that, like it's, it's a very kind of physically robust sort of a course that you're, that you're going into because... We would have spoken a bit in saying um, we did a series recently on the cadetship and, and that kind of thing. I'm spoken about the induction fitness test, but this is obviously another level again. You, you need to have built up a, a level of military robustness, which which is probably it's just more robustness is what you need going down, really. Absolutely, uh, being robust and mental strength is what you need as well. But um, 
we still do our normal fitness test uh, every year so we actually do two fitness tests per year as well we'll do okay so so you've done your aptitude test you've passed the aptitude test and passed the diver's fitness test um, and you're about to come down on the course so how long is the is the actual diving course itself the course itself is actually 15 weeks long okay um, and it's broken down then into different phases and then so with regard to the phases, so phase one, what, what's involved in, kind of in phase one? So the first phase is what you'll have is you'll have a two-week fitness period. Um, so your PTI in charge of the, of the diving course will, 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 have, will have the course for the two weeks. Basically what he'll do is he'll do gym work, he'll do different circuits, cardio sessions, so long endurance runs. And then what you'll do is you'll get into the water, you'll do the um, same as what you've done in your aptitude test, you'll do different fin swims, long endurance swims, and different water circuits. Um, at the end of that two weeks then, to be able to go on to the diving course, you need to complete the Naval Divers Fitness Test once again. Um, if you fail, you get one retry. If not, you're gone off the course. Um, successful candidates then will go on to the diving phase. Okay, but so like, if you're doing the Naval, naval Fitness Test, the Divers Fitness Test again, you've completed it before, like so, and you've now had two had two further weeks of fitness, fitness training, so you should be in a kind of a good position to... What? Absolutely, you'd, you'd like to think that you'd be in a <laughs> in a good fitness phase, uh, a fitness state. But like to be honest, you're after two weeks of tough fitness. Um, a lot of lads would be fatigued from it. But yeah, you try to look after them as best as you can to try to get them over the line to pass it because the dropout rate and the diving phase is a lot a lot more than just the fitness phase. Yeah, you know? Okay, yeah. Well, you meant you mentioned long fin swim, so it's just kind of a long distance sort of swim you'd be doing. Oh, absolutely. You're just on your back with a in your in your suit and a pair of fins on you. And uh, your dive supervisors will give you a destination to get to, and you could be finning against tide or with tide, but it's you could be going for over an hour at sometimes, you know. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you've passed your fitness your fitness phase, and you're going into the dive phase. So, what what's the very start of that? Because you you mentioned when we were talking about the podcast, um, in the planning part of it, you mentioned that like you're very quickly into into the gear. Absolutely. So once, like, once you've done your aptitude test, you've shown that you're competent in the water and you can dive. So week one of your diving phase then um, is what's called lifeline signals. So it's very old school diving. What you'll have is you'll have a, a rope tied off to you, um, you'll have um, a second diver on the surface giving you signals. So you've different signals to, to go in different directions basically. And for the full week, what you do is you're just practicing your signals, sending divers out on the line and back in. We actually still use it to this day. If comms go down, your diver on the surface will direct you onto uh, different objects that are missing, such as cars. So after your uh, life on the signals week and your kind of very sort of basic introduction to the equipment and, and, and moving on the water, you move into phase three, uh, which you very creatively call called Hell Week. So <laughs> Absolutely, it's Hell Week. Um, it, what it is, it's called uh, Jack's Day Week. Yeah. But as I said, it's definitely our Hell Week. Colloquially um, known. The way the way it works really is um it's it's your endurance diving um it's absolutely mind-boggling as well so all you have to do is you've a jack stay which is a line lining the seabed uh, out in our back channel there and for four days straight you're out and back on this line um no matter what the weather you'd have ripping tides everything and basically uh, the goal is to get you have to get over a thousand minutes within the four days well so it's absolutely so you talk about over the course of four days that's like What's that? That's over. That's like six. That's how many hours in the water is that? Four hours in the water? Roughly four, more than four hours, four in, the hours water. A day in the water. A, a lot of the time, you're like on average in the courses, we could get up to 12 or 1300 minutes yeah. uh, within the four days. Like, and wow. it's, it's just to be honest with you, you go away into a world of your own. It, it's if you, if you really think about what you're actually doing, 
you'd go mad like yeah. you'd actually go mad so you're, you're thinking about anything but what you're doing to be honest with you and I suppose though like you, this is where you get really used to being underwater this is where you like it becomes second nature then in this and that's why this phase is important absolutely it's it's to build up your, your endurance diving so like it's, it's to get longer out of your sets per dive so you can actually work underwater rather than sucking through your air it's, it's a different type of breathing so, yeah. it, like, so it's uh, just building up your tolerance and, and being able to get longer out of your sets so you can actually do work so you're, you're kind of saying you don't have many memories from that you, you just remember just not to, trying not to think oh absolutely I was thinking of anything but and obviously these courses are run in January so it's the coldest time of year yeah. so it's definitely you're thinking of anything, anything but to be honest so you're, you're basically you're there in your suit rattling basically absolutely shaking <laughs> <laughs> um, fantastic so so that's a really tough week for for people but I suppose when you come out the other side of it this is where you've really as I said built up that endurance and you're kind of through a really tough week on the course then you move into phase four, phase four which, is, which is two weeks so what, what's involved in the next part yeah so basically it's a breakdown of two different weeks so this is when you're really learning how to become a diver and actually work underwater rather than just breathing underwater yeah. so the way it works is you'll do um, a mixture of ship's bottom searches so searching under the, the bottom of our naval ships here and you'll actually get a knowledge of underneath the ships a lot of lads haven't seen under ships before the, before going into this week yeah. so it's learning different things of what can possibly go wrong different areas of the ships and also in this two weeks as well what you do is you do um, compass attack swims so it's uh, swims so it's basically um you have a compass board in the water, you're given different object- objectives and you actually have to locate your way to different uh, areas around the water. So orienteering underwater. As it was. Absolutely, that's exactly what it is. And like, what, like is, is that, I presume that's very kind of technically difficult. Is it like, are you like down on the bottom uh, and just kind of walking around with like a, like a, not sound like stupid, like, but like a laminated map or is it like? No, what, what you'll have is you'll actually have um, a compass board, a, yeah. a full-on compass board. It's a plastic compass board, but you're building compass. And the way you'll work it is you'll actually, you wouldn't go below six metres below the water. So normally between three and six metres and you'll have two divers. And the way it works then is obviously you have to be very still with your compass. So one one guy will go up to the surface, barely peek over the top just to get um, just to get his reference, come back down and you're finning. So obviously uh, in terms of orienteering, you're taking tides into consideration as well. So you could be given one direction, but the tide is obviously pulling you as well. So ideas, yeah, yeah. you need to check your bearings fairly, fairly regularly. Okay, right. Wow. And so when you say you're three to six metres on, you're, you're basically kind of swimming on a bearing, basically. Absolutely. You're, sw- yeah. you're swimming on a bearing, yes. So you're, um, it's basically um, the special forces use it an awful lot in terms of uh, getting to a, to a job or an operation. Um, so they use it coming in off beaches and stuff just to hit certain areas. Um, and that's where we do our training as well. Okay, well. Um, and so, like, if you're to move on then, so you've, you've done your, so you, you can navigate underwater now, you can do certain amounts of work underwater with regard to the bottom of ships. You can you can breathe, uh, do you know what I mean, true properly as a diver, and you've done all that kind of madness before. The next phase then, uh, phase four, phase five of the, of the course down on Bear Island. Let's kind of go into that a bit. Yeah, you'll 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 go to Bear Island then, and um, obviously before that as well, you do a couple of key wall searches and stuff before you go to Bear Island as well. But once you get to Bear Island, um, it's it's a real eye opener to be honest with you. Um, the visibility improves a small bit, but the intensity picks up even more for these two weeks um, so down in Bear Island you'll have um, a mixture of everything is what you'll be doing so you'll do you'll go back to doing a bit of fitness you'll uh, do early morning EMAs uh, so I'll just go back there an EMA is a an activity in the morning so okay. early morning activity is what ah. it is um, basically what you'll do is um, do your early morning activity and then your early deep diving in the morning 
straight away in the afternoon then you might be doing um different search patterns search techniques you're really really learning how to be a diver down there um once in in bear island itself you could be in bed and you could be called at two o'clock in the morning with this famous word called awkward if if if, uh, if an instructor an instructor mentions awkward at any time that means you have to be ready to enter the water within right. usually within 90 seconds well it, it's the time the time you're actually given to get into your diving equipment but um in bear island i know you're familiar with it uh, the camp is at the top yeah so what you have to do is the minute they give you awkward you're dressed straight away like you're sleeping with nothing on so you have to get on your diving equipment run down and actually get on your diving equipment below before they get down and uh, you need to be ready to enter the water before the, the dive supervisors get down or yeah, there's know, a bit I, of trouble I know, the, I know the distance right and is it down at is it actually down at the key wall down on da- down at the key wall so yes. you're running so, down the hill so you run down the hill pitch black at night <laughs> it could be 2 o'clock in the morning they, they give you an awkward and normally they're, they're evil enough they might only whisper at you Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you're gone you're straight away trying to enter the water and it's and it's out and uh, as we mentioned discussing before so it's the deep diving phase which you do so I presume you go out into kind of the Bantry Bay area where it's actually deep absolutely so the first week what you'll do is you'll do more your search patterns and just getting so you build up your tolerance getting deeper and deeper but um, week two then you'd normally have a ship supporting you so you'll go out into Bantry Bay and you, you need a qualifying dive uh, depth of 36 metres before you're actually a, a ship's diver okay well and just talk to me a bit about like so when we talk about search patterns this is just going through your drills in, and this would be closer in just going through your drills of how you'd actually search an area is that absolutely so um it depends your your searching for different objects you might be searching for um um a bomb or you might be searching for a, a missing person uh, or even a bigger object like a car or a helicopter or you wouldn't know so it it, it literally depends on on the type of job the, the 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 search that you'll do yeah so you do um a lot of our dives are zero visibility so really we use a lot of ropes and lines to snag in the areas rather than searching every every little yeah. grain down below you know okay and because it's interesting like the qualifying depth of 36 meters just try and try and go through this right like paint a picture of what what is it like being on the seafloor at 36 meters like as in i presume it's kind of the weirdest thing in the world or absolutely look it's it's dark it's cold it's uh look it's it, it can be miserable but to be honest it's, it can be fairly peaceful too you know yeah. it's, uh, it's a totally different world under there and like even down to 10 metres is just as different you know it's actually slightly brighter at 10 metres so it's actually great but the deeper you go down majority of the time the darker it gets so you're, you're bringing in torches you're uh, just trying to get any bit of visibility you can get you know yeah and as regards like I mean is that just on like what's what's in the canisters for that or you just 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 normal air um, for your um, your initial phase it, just normal air diving so that's capable up to 36 metres is what that is okay so in the actual 15 week diving course itself you're just operating with ordinary surface air canisters well at the start of it it's just all air yeah. and then you'll go on to your um, your OS mix your interspiral mixed gas your semi-closed rebreather L- later on which we'll probably Absolutely, which we'll yeah. go, go through in a second so no just trying to, trying to give people an idea of, of like that sort of pure blackness down there and you know oh absolutely <laughs> it's uh, darker and dark let me tell you um, and also you do so you have the dark, you have the darkness below, but you also do night dives while you're on Bear Island. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. So every even on your normal diving course, um, before you get to Bear Island, every Tuesday and Thursday is your night dive. So you'll cover lectures in the morning. Um, so in in terms of the lectures, you'll do your um dive dive physics, uh, dive medicine, and then every Tuesday and Thursday evening, then you'll do your night dives. So okay. you you have an insight to dive, night dives before you go to Bear Island as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um. So, 
after you finish your time on your time on Bear Island, that that qualifies you to thirty six meters, and that's a huge milestone, I presume, in 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 the course. Absolutely, it's it's a huge part of your diving course. Um, you'd also just a, a tradition of what we'll do as well as we'll we'll run to the cross as a as a diving course yourself with the, with your dive supervisors, and you'd normally get a chat from your your diving officer up there, and it kind of you really kind of starts to welcome you into the diving unit rather than. Um, yeah, so, so you, you start to feel a little bit. You, you know? see, you've kind of you've kind of crossed the sort of thresh, threshold. Like. Absolutely, you know, you you've a big part of the course done. And when you say run to the cross, you... uh, yeah, so on your PT gear and your uh, so the top of Bear Island, there's um, there's a cross. It's it's the highest point of Bear Island. Yeah. So basically, you you run up the hills there and you you take to the road, <laughs> and uh, your diving officer will be uh, be rightly pushing you up there. You know, a bit of, a bit of team building. Absolutely. So you've crossed that major milestone in Bear Island, and you're kind of you say one foot into the diving section at that stage. Really, like you know, you're you're not you're not as much of an outsider anymore. You move on then to to the next phase, which is your introduction to surface supply diving. Yeah, absolutely. So you get a taste of different diving. So um, it's surface supply diving. So your air is supplied from the surface. Um, you're diving with your, for all the world, it's a hard hat uh, underwater. Kind um, of men of honor style absolutely men of honor style yeah, yeah. Diving is, is, is what it is and what it is it's just an introduction to the equipment it's a further on six week course once you become a diver but you always get a taste of um using different tools underwater uh cutting grinding even power washing yeah underwater so it's just a sense of working underwater rather than um just doing a dive you know okay yeah and as you say that's an intro only to that type of diving absolutely it's, 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 further a, it's a further six week course on um and your surface supply as well okay and then what what comes after you you're nearing the end of the course at that stage or absolutely yeah after that course then it's just more or less um, a tidy up week so you're finishing up with all your equipment you're starting to get issued your your actual own personal equipment and um what you do then is you have a diver's log book as well so you need to fill up all your diver's log book and also make sure your number ones are ready for your uh for getting your badge and your log book from the flag officer yeah because you're saying you're brought in and is that, is that a, that's kind of a formal ceremony or it's a it's a big occasion i presume for you absolutely and um, what we do is we kind of it's kind of kept in-house below in the diving unit it's a very personal thing to the divers um your diving officer will present you with your um diving flash that we wear in our uniform day to day and also our number ones but you'll go up and you'll be presented in front of the flag officer inside in his office and um he'll present you with your diving log book wow yeah and that, was, and that was a that was a big day was it absolutely huge you know after the the couple of weeks you've put down and uh it's just a, it's a real sense of relief and obviously a very proud day too you know and but as we discussed that qualifies you to be a ship's diver so you're at the very basic level of, of diving at, of, of naval surface diving at that stage absolutely look um, it's it's a big course done but to be honest in terms of your diving career it's only the start you know a lot of people think that the hardest part of the diving course at the diving is the diving course but to be honest there's a lot that comes after in terms of diving operations and uh, different courses that you have to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so once once you finish the course and you have you have your patch and you're you're into the diving section, like there's a lot of post course courses that you do. So like we mentioned the um, we mentioned the surf the the surface uh, supply diving. Yeah. Like, can you go into that a bit more, or what kind of what kind of it's well, further it's further depth basically, is it? Absolutely. But in after you were presented your patches, you you've actually a further five week course. Now we do a combined um, course, so you've your mixed gas phase. Yeah. So your interspiroiders mix, you'll do five weeks of that. Um, that's basically um interspiro um, um it's a semi closed rebreather or what it is. It's it's basically for um deeper depths obviously and uh, also it's to do with mine clearance as well okay right and so that so what that can bring you down to what kind of a depth well at the moment well to dive it, diving it's um, we have a capability of 60 meters at the moment with it but um 
it's actually capable a lot deeper so we're going to keep building up and uh, using different gases being able to get down to eventually maybe 100 meters of it okay wow and with that as well comes the risk of like decompression and all these these kind of things like like can you go into that a bit or that that kind of oh, risk absolutely um like our dive supervisor would obviously have a, a more in-depth knowledge of all our um regulations and our uh, times at certain depths you know so we'd be brief before we go in the water of um your different times but a, a great advantage of the the rebreathers are is you're actually getting an awful lot longer time and um a lot less time then to off gas at the end you know yeah. so you've less decompression more time of diving is that's the greater advantage of it you know yeah and of course when we were walking around down at the dive section earlier getting getting a bit of a, a bit of a tour around we saw that there's actually a, a chamber down there for just in the event of say of of needing it like oh absolutely we have our, our own recompression chamber so we can actually um treat all our diving incidents um below um luckily we had had, had none really yeah. uh, but uh, we dive well in our regulations you know but each dive we do anything over 36 meters you actually have to have a dive chamber on site so any outside operations we do a uh, majority of the time our um, dive chamber will be on site either on one of our own ships or an outside agency ship okay yeah and you mentioned mine clearance as well for that kind of um for that kind of operation with the with the um intraspiral mixed gas like how does how does that work or is, is would they be kind of, they be kind of legacy mines i presume like they've told from yeah look a, a lot of them are, are, are old washed up mines from uh world war Two. like yeah but it's uh, there is a lot more than what people actually think around the place you know yeah, yeah, that that makes that makes sort of sense to say. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then, so besides that, that first uh, five week course post training, there's an awful lot of other things you can do as well. And that did you did you do do? Oh, absolutely. There's huge add-ons. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, your surface fly diving, which is a further six week course, um, you do a lot of outside courses as well. So as well, so you might do um, a diver medic technician course in Aberdeen. Um, that's a two week course. Um, to be able to treat lads in the chamber and different types of um diving related injuries you know yeah and would that involve kind of recovering somebody who's 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 gotten into difficulty beneath the surface or basically what it is it's uh, to do with decompression illnesses oh so um a lot of the time you know you mightn't um you know so i might have to be in the chamber i'm also chamber attendant with someone so treatments inside you'll have the doctor outside and he'll you'll be able to give certain amounts of treatment you know yeah and yeah, I mean that that must be a really kind of specialized sort of a thing, especially with with the whole decompression thing going on as well. Absolutely, you're dealing with uh, serious depths at times, you know. So it's um, a lot of times there's um, look huge risks involved, you know. So you yeah. need to be trained and ready to go at any time, you know. Of course, and then you you also do uh, dive maintenance courses, as you said, on on like to do with your equipment that you use. All our equipment uh, would be um, serviced and maintained uh, in-house majority of the time. So the likes of our um, Corby Morgans would be all uh, maintained and serviced Which in-house. Which would be the, the actual dive helmet the, itself. The dive helmet itself, yeah. yeah. Um, down to our, uh, our own um, demand valves itself. We, uh, it's our service yearly as well. And uh, all our equipment, we try to service uh, in-house as well. And then obviously we, when we were walking around the, the naval service diving section, it's self-sufficient, so you need to be able to actually drive your equipment around and low-load um containers and things so there's driving courses to be done as well absolutely you need to get um all your driving courses done as well so we could be gone at the drop of a hat so we need our truck drivers jeep and trailer drivers van drivers just to be able to get the jobs themselves you know yeah of course and things that might be time sensitive or yeah oh absolutely you could be gone at two o'clock in the morning any anytime you could be gone and like how does this fit into your say your career progression in the naval service because as as we all know, like within the naval service, you need to go to sea and you need to do the conventional job aboard a ship as well, and you have to complete your other career courses too. Absolutely. Look, to be honest, um, 
your diving course is actually only an add-on more or less uh, if you want to get promoted your promote your promotion board you need to get all your um your seamanship course or your relevant branch courses done so you have an awful lot to think about really in terms of getting your seat time done um, getting your relevant courses done for career progression as well so to be honest there's an awful lot of courses to be done you know yeah while balancing your, your duties as absolutely a diver absolutely while balancing balancing your duties as a diver trying to progress as a diver as well you know there, there's an awful lot to be doing oh and so at this stage now so you've, you're qualified now as a diver you've, you did the course seven years ago such as it seven years ago yeah. seven years ago so you, you you must have been on an awful lot of operations seen an awful lot of kind of things can you go into into some of the some of the kind of things you would have seen over your, over the course of your time oh absolutely look I, I've I've came across an awful lot to be honest Jeff, from from a young age like um I've done various jobs, uh, high-profile jobs such as look, uh, rescue one one six, the Coast Guard helicopter that went down in um, in Mayo. Um, I've been involved in that. Down to only a couple of months ago, there was a trawler went down in Wexford. I was involved in that job. And then in so in terms of your normal day-to-day jobs, when I say normal, it's uh, like a car in the river uh, in Cork City or or a missing person anywhere around the country. Um, you're deployed and. Uh, you'd be gone for a week or two at a time yeah, and just uh, search for missing persons or you'd be working with customs um, high profile jobs with customs searching uh, the hulls of different uh, merchant vessels that come into port that are suspicious um, and what be, would you be looking for on the hulls is it? How, how would that kind of thing how would that it would, to be honest it's anything suspicious so any attachments anything that was kind of that looks to be grinded away or anything at all anything out of the ordinary we, we record everything and we, we work closely with customs with the, the Garda and basically they'll direct us in what they yeah. want or they normally have a bit of intel and they work with our own operations branch down here as well But so like someone could have say like welded on like an attachment to the side of a hull containing some oh, kind of material absolutely yeah and have you ever kind of found anything like that in your, in your experience or um on Ellie Neal in 2015, I was involved in an operation, but... Obviously, it wasn't on Ellie Neal, <laughs> No, absolutely not, but um, not yet. I, I haven't got any in diving yet, but we've plenty more years. And, like, so obviously there, there is the difficult aspect of it as well. Like, obviously, the military diving is, is, the, is the main role of the, of the diving section. Um, the kind of body recovery part of it though, must be quite difficult. Like, I, how, how, do you kinda, how do you deal with that? Uh, to be honest, it, look... There's no point saying it's not difficult when it absolutely is. Um, you'd get the same fright each time, to be honest with you, yeah. no matter how many you do. But we have a great bond of lads uh, below in the diving unit. And afterwards, everyone chats to each other. And there's always maybe, as strange as it sounds, it's nearly a laugh and a joke. It's you know, trying to take you away from what you're actually doing. Yeah, because you have a job to do and you, you can't you can't get, I suppose, bogged down. Absolutely. You know, you can go from one job to the next and it's just you need everyone everyone's mental state still to be on the ball you know yeah of course yeah, kind of remain, remaining positive and that kind of Absolute, yeah it, it, it must be difficult though but yeah so quite apart from what we talked about with regard to uh, body recovery and that kind of thing we mentioned earlier the importance of searches and the security aspect and the military aspect of, of, of the military drivers I, I'd heard it for example when Queen Elizabeth visited in I think it was 2012 there was every bridge that she was to go over say if she if she was travelling in 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 Dublin was searched by the naval diving section. Have you been involved in any kind of security searches like that underwater? Absolutely, I've I've been involved in plenty to be honest with you, and a lot of them are obviously um very restricted to at the, at the time. You know, um, yeah. we've searched any 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 of our path, paths that she was travelling any river nearby. We've searched inside out. We've used the likes of our different sonars. We've done key wall searches with divers for any 
any suspicious um thing underwater such as IEDs or any different um yeah any different objects under the water and i suppose because like like an IED can be as devastating from from an underwater perspective and with regard to ordnance explosive ordnance disposal or, or or detection of that kind of stuff in the defense forces it's 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 the underwater capability that divers that the divers can bring to that like absolutely yeah um like we've got mine clearance divers below um that actually can just dis- dispose of of the the mines themselves um as well and um yeah look even when uh, president trump was over and, and also when the uh, vice president um pence was over as well we we've dived up around Doombeg as well and searched all rivers up there as well yeah it's just something that i suppose people wouldn't really think of would be you know because when when a high profile visitor arrives we like from my perspective being being in the army i know that like the engineers do special search and clear and like there's there's a involvement from the ordnance corner and that kind of stuff with regard to actually ha- actually disposing all the things the things that are found um, or potentially found, but it, the underwater thing is something that I suppose people wouldn't think of. Absolutely not, and it, and it's it's kind of a, a side of our job that obviously is very restricted. So an awful lot of people wouldn't know what we're doing, you know. Yeah. So it, it's done before people even ever hear about it, you know. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of a cool aspect to the job as well, you know, of the military side diving, you know. Yeah, of course, fantastic. And I suppose Ryan, to take that further as well, like you would have served in the Mediterranean, um, from a search and rescue perspective, um. Which, which can you can you talk to, to to us a bit about that? Like, is in what 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 you mean? What does that mean? Like, oh yeah, look, um, back in twenty seventeen, I served on uh, Elietna down the Mediterranean. It's it's an absolute eye opener. I'll be honest with you. Um, I was the, uh, I was um, out in the boats um for the search and rescue, and I was look, I was first on the scene for um dealing with migrants and stuff. Um, it look it can be very difficult. Um, a lot of it was uh, look to be honest from a diving point of view not to sound as dull but i was dealing with uh, recoveries more than actual casualties yeah so i was dealing with screaming kids at you screaming parents trying to trying to be rescued you know so there's a lot of decisions there you have to make th- there and then to, to recover everyone safely yeah you know so it's uh so it's kind of it's it's yeah it's a very high pressure situation absolutely as you said like it didn't require a diving qualification to do but divers were given preference for that particular first out in the rib to a migrant a migrant vessel and were given preference in that Absolutely. Look, in terms of um, recovery, swimming, uh, finning, and all that. Look, it's probably best suited, and even from a mental state as well. So you could be dealing with um, casualties as well. So you, honestly, you could come across anything. I've come across guys that have been shot previously. Um, you come across um, um, dead kids. You could uh, yeah. like literally it could be inside in those boats. It could be anything handed out to you, to be honest with you. So it needs someone who has, as as we said, has that kind of mental state, that mental fortitude, and has seen things like that to manage the situation and, and get everybody back as safely as possible. It absolutely helps, yeah. Um, there's some days there you could be going for 12 hours straight yeah. rescuing guys. I remember at one point we had um, 712 migrants on board Etna um, within a 12-hour period to bring them all back into land. Wow. And, and as I said, like the training that you received in the, in, down in the diving section and on your diving course stood to you in dealing with that oh absolutely it it, it helped it, it, it was definitely um beneficial to me anyway to be honest with you so you'd recommend anybody who's looking to join the naval service come down and have a go 100 percent. i think i think it's definitely something um that would tickle everyone's fancy to be honest yeah. it's it's something um so a lot of us wear the badges every one of us wear the badges with pride you know um it's it's a great sense of um job satisfaction down below um I think any young lad or woman coming through, it's it's definitely should be in their career path to try out the diving course. Fantastic. 
Well, after that, thanks a million for coming on the show, uh, Ryan. It's very much appreciated. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. Um, I think there's an awful lot of eye-opening information there for people outside to learn a bit about the diving section and for any potential people that might look to join the Naval Service and become a diver in the future. I think there's loads in that. Absolutely. Look, um, I'd highly recommend it for anyone to, to come way down. Fantastic. Um, as always, for further information on the Irish Defence Forces, check out our social media platforms and military.ie. Serving members are encouraged to check out the members area of military.ie also. Today's podcast was produced by Corporal Carl McAnini and Sergeant Paul Keeley of the Defence Forces Audiovisual School. And the Irish Defence Forces podcast will be back soon with another episode. And as always, stay safe.